Welcome to The Inner Game. I'm Gwen Garcelon, your host. Thanks for listening. The Inner Game is about how we nurture and attend to our mind, body, spirit, health, and how that allows us to play a bigger game and make a bigger contribution in the area of purpose that calls to us. And these are conversations with people who are committed to making an evolutionary difference with their lives from a place of balance and love and service. Today, I am so excited to speak with Jess Jacobson, fellow healer and lover of the woods, rivers, and mountains. <laughs> Jess is an emotional and spiritual healer, a yoga therapist, author, and teacher. She also offered her leadership to help start the Carbondale Community Food Co-op back in 2014, and with her husband built the Rocky Mountain Pizza Company in Glenwood <laughs> Springs. She is a true Renaissance woman. Thanks for sharing with us today, Jess. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start with your memoir that you just published last year, you know, kind of as a way to describe the beginnings of your spiritual journey in life, you know, and just the motivation to share what you shared in that, wherever you want to start with that. You know, um, that was a beautiful experience writing that book. Um, I really opened that book. I actually went and walked the labyrinth over at True Nature to know how to open that book, and it came right to me. And I opened the book standing in Snowmass Creek in 1976. That's where I grew up, and that is where my love and connection to nature definitely originated. Um, it was my safe place. And it is still my safe place. Mm. And so it was the connection to nature that was really a big part of the spiritual awakening. Unquestionably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and clients today, I know it sounds very simple, but, you know, nature is very healing. And in the 1990s, they even came up with a, you know, a diagnosis for people who were starving from nature, and it was nature deficit disorder. And um, last time I sat in this chair and got interviewed by Cody Lee, I asked him, how, how often do you get out and get into nature? And he just went, Oh, my God, you're right. Like, here we are. Um, let me remind you to get out there and be in it. Mm. And what were those? What, can you describe the, the what happened for you that that you now understand as sort of that spiritual experience. Mm. And maybe that's common still today. You know, um, for me, when none of the world made sense, nature was always there. And I, I felt like part of it. And um, when I go in to nature now, it is the same. I, there's no separation there. It really helps me remember the oneness. It helps me remember to ground and then trust. There's a lot of validation in that trust when I'm out in nature and the, the higher knowing I'm my best self when I get out there. Mm. Yeah. You know, there, like for many people, I know, um, probably all of us have some trauma in our lives, mm. but you know, you had some extremes of that. Um, is there is there something that um, was that you started to understand as healing to you? You know, I have to say, I, 
I don't know if it was an ever an, a conscious awakening. It was all it was so such a huge part of my life growing up. My the story of my memoir um, shares that my mom had a drug and alcohol problem. She was very young when she had me and she had a hard time taking care of me from food insecurity to simply presence. Um, I did know she always loved me, but she wasn't available. And the trees were always available. And they were my friends. And the water was always available. And um, I just always knew that. I, mm. I can't say that I had a particular awakening, although um, when I lived in Mintern in my 20s, um, I, had, I had been living in Chicago. But even in Chicago, I found the lakefront. I found the big trees. But really, when I was in Mintern in my early 20s, that was when I became really conscious of my need to be there, to be in it, to soak it up. Like it wasn't, it, it like wasn't a choice, mm. you know, it may, it just makes me who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can forget that nature is alive oh. and, you know, when, when we're surrounded by so much that's man-made, mm. um, it's it, just the being there mm. is the thing that brings us more alive. Indeed. Yeah. And even the, so, you know, even just being barefoot in your lawn. Yeah. Um, we know that walking, you know, shoes are not great for us in many ways. We know that walking barefoot um, helps us recharge like actually scientifically helps us recharge. We know that the soil has mitochondria that acts as antidepressants. We, we, like we know all of these things scientifically and then also, of course, intuitively. And one of the first things I have many of my clients do is actually go out into nature and take your shoes off and just be there for a little bit and, just, and then notice and then go home and write or draw or paint about your experience. Just allow yourself to steep in the experience of nature. Yeah. It's life-changing. Absolutely. Every day. Now, so you went to massage school in, in your early 20s, and that was really sort of a, a, a more conscious uh, self-healing journey. Well, I... Is that true? It's, it, was, it was a massage school, but I did not go to the massage program. Okay. I went to the Chinese medicine program. They okay. had a very small program for Chinese medicine. And I, would have, I will call that divine intervention. I thought I was going to check out a massage school. I saw some paperwork and some words I didn't understand or even know how to pronounce. And I just checked that box. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what I was in for. Um, but I went and studied something called Jin Shin Do, which translates way of the compassionate spirit. And anytime you start to study any kind of healing work, you have to do your own work throughout the process. Truly. And um, that was really when I woke up mm. and became more conscious and became more aware of my connection with nature and with Mother Earth and with Source. And um, I, there was no turning back. I definitely call that divine intervention. Yeah. Why would you check a box you couldn't pronounce? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it, it's so true. I mean, that's really at the heart of all healing practice, all wisdom traditions, is that we remember 
that we are part of the unified field, mm-hmm. part of oneness, you know. We are divine. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there there is that fine finally that beautiful feeling of like there's no way to nowhere to slip away to mm-hmm. like there's just no way, place to fall away like mm-hmm. we're always held we're mm-hmm. always connected mm-hmm. i think that has been the most um secure you know a source of security mm-hmm. in life for sure and it's really what's missing from our cultural consciousness today, not only our adults, but our teenagers. And I would say it's a foundation. And um, without it, we falter, you know, and we now have scientific evidence that demonstrates that that connection, cultivating that connection for self, cultivating that connection in our brains towards spiritual connection is actually a developmental rite of passage. And it is in the lack of that opportunity that we see so much suffering in our youth and and really in our adult population as well. We are so disconnected from each other. And so really the work I do is to bring people home to themselves, help them build a foundation And then help them remember the light within. You know, Mm. we don't do any healing of the trauma until we've sort of established a strong foundation. And that starts in those small ways. Nature is one of those ways. And it's highly underestimated. And it's so accessible. So accessible. You know, it's just so accessible. For us. So available. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but I think even, you know, people who live in parks, I mean, in urban settings, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be able to access a park, Mm -hmm. you know, to get outside of a building, Mm -hmm. just the air, just to open a window. Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked with a lot of architects in the past and and just to the daylighting Mm -hmm. of a building can make it incredibly, you know, measured Dis, um, difference mm-hmm. to brain function, absolutely. And, you know, whole whole body wellness, right? Just bringing in natural light, mm-hmm. and think yeah. about how our schools were designed and when they were designed. Know. You know, that's no good for our kids, man. No, <laughs> God. You know, empowerment is a focus for both of us in our work as as healers and teachers. And the angle I've used is to help people find a way to serve that's an expression of their soul purpose mm. because they immediately access empowerment. Yes. Um, and, and I just wanted to, you know, have a little bit of conversation about why you think empowerment is so important to self-healing and self-actualization. Mm, what a beautiful question. I have to say also your your introduction of the entire program was lovely. You are, have a way with words. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, dear. Um, why is it? I'm sorry, I got so distracted by how beautiful. <laughs> Will you repeat the question? Yeah, I mean, this piece about empowerment mm. and its role mm-hmm. in our self-healing and, mm. and self-actualization. Well, we need to know we are here. Each of us has something to offer. Yeah. Right. And And we have opportunity to grow and we really feel like life is meaningless until we understand the why of, of why we're here. And that comes once we ground into ourselves and do our inner work and, and connect. Um, 
And so it's very empowering to know that you're useful. It's part of the human condition. We need to be useful. And here's the other piece. It feels really good to be of service. Doesn't it? Yes. We really underestimate. We have a culture right now where there's a lot of I focus and separation. And we have forgotten that altruism is just as valuable as spirituality and being part of your community and lifting up the whole feels amazing yeah unfortunately that's not how we're choosing to live as a culture right now yeah well i think more and more you know as Mm. i think one one thing i can point to in our educational system that has changed a lot since even we were kids Mm. was um service projects Mm -hmm. you know like that's not something that really was a part of our educational system but now you see it from you know kindergarten to Mm -hmm. through college Mm -hmm. even in businesses yeah you know i would agree and i and i feel like whatever prompted that you know is that evolutionary trend toward greater connection greater altruism Mm. greater service yes thank you for reminding me of that beautiful um well this is a great segue into what i want to talk to, to talk about next um But just wanted to say for those just joining, this is Gwen Garcelon, and you're listening to The Inner Game on KDNK, and I'm talking with Jess Jacobson about healing and service, which is uh, the way and the why of The Inner Game. We heal to serve and serve to heal and Mm. all of it. I I wanted to talk a little bit about your um, involvement with starting the Carbondale Community Food Co-op. Because there were some beautiful lessons that came out of that. It was a really special process. Mm. No surprise, you know, given the people that were involved. Mm-hmm. But, you know, say a little bit about that process and the things that you feel like really made it special. Well, so much of it made it special. It was <clears throat> 100% community-led. It was led by a group of women who wanted clean food and clean water and clean air for their f- themselves and their families. And there was a tremendous amount of work done years, in fact, where um, the women of this community, I like to say they tilled the soil and they planted the seeds and they, you know, they did all that really difficult hard work and that took them years. I really only came in, I use the metaphor as the sun, um, to manifest the physical reality of the building. Mm. Um, and it was an incredible group effort because it was true that there were like waves of service. So the women that were there to till the soil and plant the seeds and nurture the idea, when their jo- they knew when their job was done. And then they stepped aside to let the next wave in. And that was, you know, maybe Tessa, you know, and so Tantar and mm. I. And then we watered the field and we, you know, we grew the fruit. And um, everybody, and then when it was my time to step aside, I knew there was someone else fresher that could come in and do the next phase. And mm. it was an incredible um, lesson. I had never served on a board And it was really um, an exercise in recognizing that it's not about what you want. It's about what serves the greater good of the whole. That's not always an easy thing to learn. Mm. There's sometimes some resistance to that. And I experienced that as well. But in the end, we all came together to sort of raise this barn of, of clean food and to perpetuate clean water and perpetuate clean air and lead by example 
which is what we do in spirituality. Yeah. It's what we do in service. And it feels good. I mean, probably seven people or more, maybe 12 people gave hundreds of hours of volunteer time to bring that thing together. And then the community itself was literally starving for this Mm. and they funded the entire project. It was a beautiful, uh, but this is a small town. The demographic that the co-op pulled from was maybe 2,700 people. And this was before crowdfunding, but what you're describing seems kind of like that. It How was, did you reach out to the community? Oh, my gosh. Well, we were on this radio. You know, we were on yeah. radio shows. Yeah. We were in the newspaper. We talked to a lot of people at first Fridays. Mm. You know, Carbondale um, certainly at that time was was slower paced and um, a lot of deep community woven through many diverse sort of groups of people, if you will. And yeah. so there was just a lot. We were just talked. We just got together and talked and spread mm-hmm. the word. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned that um, your leadership group did some counseling together. And that occurs to me as something mm-hmm. so necessary. I mean, we, you mm-hmm. know, as, as the whole arena of counseling has mm-hmm. evolved, um, you know, we're seeing it more mainstream now, but I would imagine then, even, you know, whatever it was 10 years ago, not so common in a civic or professional setting to do that together as a group. Yeah, it was necessary. We were running into conflict, but we all wanted the same outcome. Mm. And we had to look within ourselves to see what was it within us that was getting in the way of the process. And how could we learn to listen Mm -hmm. to each other um, with less agenda and less ego, ultimately? Yeah. And we did a few counseling sessions with a beautiful local counselor who's still here in the Valley. And one of the founders said, okay, it's time for me to step aside. This it's, I could see that you're, you're better in this role. Um, but she was maybe the original founder, and that is so Tantar of Mana Foods. Mm. And now it's sort of the co-op had its next evolution, and she was able to take that over and um, continue the idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, and it's funny because you're describing what has now been put into a curriculum um, called pro-social, um, a, a sort of, you know, ideological scaffolding for efforts like this Mm. that starts with a shared vision, Mm -hmm. shared purpose. And that's what you're describing Mm -hmm. really made people be able to hold together. Yes. Even when things got hard, Mm -hmm. there was still that passionate shared vision. Yes. And then another part of it is um, doing your own work, mm. doing what it takes to recognize when you're getting in your way and in another's way mm-hmm. and, you know, get whatever support there is to keep the process moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's wild, you know, how these things are becoming, we're becoming more aware of the necessity of these pieces yes. in working together towards common initiatives. Well, and that's really the fundamental piece is you've got to do your own work. And the the rule of thumb is as you lift up yourself, so do you lift up the whole. Right. So that's true as a sovereign entity, Mm -hmm. as yourself. It's true when you work in community. Yeah. You know, it's true across the board. And the work doesn't stop. You know, that's the other piece is 
there's always more unfoldment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I asked you earlier when we were talking, you know, the, the top three things that you thought for, you know, that were important for people coming together around community initiatives. And the first one you said was water is life. Mm-hmm. And man, isn't that, you know, becoming this really um, strong focus for all of us, mm-hmm. just realizing how vulnerable we are mm-hmm. um, and how dependent we are yeah. on our water supply mm-hmm. and maybe how reckless we may have been, not even understanding that we have mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. but in so many ways have built a sense of sort of recklessness into our culture around yes. it. Mm-hmm. What's what's there for you with that these mm-hmm. days in in your in your daily life? It's interesting because when you asked me that question, I don't think that's what you were getting at, but it just flew out of my mouth. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't stop it. Um I think, you know, water is living. We know that there's been So here's an interesting thing. If you put spring water next to a jar with tap water, the spring water will try to heal the tap water and bring it back to its original pristine state. It's so amazing. I mean, it's li- like everything's living. I know. And everything's connected. And everything's connected. And everything wants to serve. Yes. Nothing you know, in nature exists for itself. Everything wants to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And water feeds everything. Water feeds our food. Water feeds our bodies. Yeah. Water feeds everything. And I don't... I, I am someone who... My family will tell you I cry in drought years and I go by the the rivers and they're dry. Mm. I cry like I, I can't help it. We are so sisters <laughs> from another mother. <laughs> Anytime it's a big snow year, I never complain about the snow because that's the water in our rivers. Right. We've got to learn how to stop being so foolish. Yeah. You know, there's no reason. We don't need energy. We We need water. Yeah. You know, energy is a bonus. We like energy. Right. right. Water's necessary. Yeah. We've got to keep it cleaner, and that happens through our farmers. It happens through our manufacturing. It happens through taking care of our forests. People don't realize that manufacturing, say, fast fashion, releases nitrates into the air. Those travel and land in our forests and kill our trees. Our trees and our wildlife filter our water. So our quality and quantity, they filter and hold it. Our quality and quantity is diminishing. You got to think we're getting up at 8,000, 9,000 feet. Our water's already sick. Yeah. We've got to come together and wake up and recognize the gift of water and that it, and we have a spiritual connection to water. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but I, that's no, what I'm... because it's, it's about the, you know, uh, something I've started to understand called the win-win-win. Mm. So a win-win is when, you know, all the human entities involved, you know, benefit from yes. whatever decision. But the win-win-win is when you include Gaia mm-hmm. in the equation. 100%. And it cannot be a win-win mm-hmm. without that. it being a win for Gaia. That's right. In any decision. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she's living. She supports us. Yeah. Well, we just have a couple of minutes mm. left, but I wanted you to talk just a little bit about your work with teens because 
Man, you know, <laughs> super, super important to all of us that our youth yeah. are held. Yes. Well, I mean, it's really not different than my work with adults, to tell you the truth. The difference is um, I've been getting clients for a long time that are in their 50s or, you know, maybe a little less, but they're adults and they have had trauma in the driver's seat most of their lives. And as a mother of teenagers, um, I, I went through some experiences with my daughter that were very difficult and there was not resources that made sense. There was a lot of resources around punitive action. There were wilderness resources that cost more than I make in a year. And there was no simple spiritual resources of helping, you know, as we now recognize from science, things we've been talking about for 4,000 years, spirituality is developmental and it's necessary. And it doesn't have religious attachment or ideology. It is simply an experience of connection with the greater whole. That's earth, that's source, whatever the word is to you, it doesn't matter. And it's innate to all of us. It's innate to Every yes. human. Yes. And we find now that depression is a consequence of not having the opportunity to exercise that spiritual expansion. Yeah. And so I've basically taken all that scientific evidence and my two and a half decades of healing and spirituality, and I've created the program I wish had been available for my child. Mm. And so it's really helping children come home to themselves, remember their inner light, why they're here, why they matter, all the things that we talked about, how to cultivate healthy relationships with healthy boundaries, how to have, self, how to have and maintain self-respect mm-hmm. and self-love. And these are just not things that are somehow we're missing the most important stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to help. And you can find me at sacredbydesignhealing.com. Mm, thank you so much, Jess. You know, what's a, what's a growth edge for you right now? What does that mean? Like, what are, what's showing up for you as something that's, you know, either like, wow, this is still going on, and I really want to take this on and, and experience some greater freedom in this area mm. that might still be kind of limiting me or where's where's an opportunity that I'm Mm -hmm. feeling in myself for Mm -hmm. wow I just really want to expand in that area I have to say it's it's all happening right now Mm. Um, the expansion of this teen program um, and the response I feel like for the first time in my career I'm being this is not true (laughs) <laughs> but for the first time in my career, I feel like I'm being seen and I'm really of service, like in a really big way. Mm-hmm. And my job is to lean in. Yeah. Oh, and we're grateful that you're leaning in. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. If you have a question for Jess or me, please join the Facebook page at The Inner Game. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. And you can find out where to listen to past shows there as well on the KDNK website. Until next time, get outside, take a teenager outside, connect. Yes. <laughs> Blessings. Thank you. Mountains are high, oceans gray. Winds are restless, trees are patient. You, my child, are away. Are crashing, 
rivers churning, planets twirling. 